Chong, welcome to Breakfast with Bob Z. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Nice breakfast time. Isn't it? Yeah. Such a lovely neighborhood. Too. Mm -hmm. Also, to give you your official name, <laughs> Dr. Wong Chi Chung Elvin, right? Um, yeah, technically yeah, it is. Technically. But still, most people know me or call me by Chi Chung. Chi Chung. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually quite near to this neighborhood. Hong Kong U. Hong Kong yes, U. Yeah. That's my main job now. It's been my I, seven years. I love what you've been seven years. Yes. I love what you've been doing in Hong Kong. You and we, we'll talk about that. Thank you. Um, and also, I've been admiring um, who you are and what you do in Hong Kong. Wow, brother! You your, your passion for music, mm. but not just music per se. Your passion for the culture behind music mm. and trying to bring that culture into Hong Kong, especially with the youth especially with mm. the young ones. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been an advocate of busking and street music in a city previously where that was frowned upon or mm. you know, mm. not tolerated. I know times are changing. And I, I know you also as a DJ and you've had your own show for how many years now? 30 plus. So, you know, you're, you're a veteran DJ. Are people calling you Uncle Chichung now? No way. I'm still not telling... Uncle, not Uncle Ray Kadira yet. Not, no, 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 not, not that yet. Not, you know, it's still quite far from that. I mean, I'm still preferring uh, to be called Chichung or Chichung's choice. Yeah. I'm still telling them I'm a new guy every day. Of course. So I reinvent myself every day. Getting younger in spirit every day. Hopefully. <laughs> and I remember Chichung's choice, and uh, mm. that was a that was a good show. And and obviously you've got more shows now. And I want to talk about your new show, the one you just finished doing with 13 episodes. The TV one, yeah. Yes. Chichung's clouds. Chichung's clouds. Clouds. Just <laughs> now in that cloud thing. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, where to begin? Um, mm. What's your passion? What inspires you? Um, I believe we are quite similar in some ways, actually, Babsi. We first met, I was saying... both having long hair. <laughs> you had a reggae, a reggae dreadnought, and I have this Lennon-ish, you know, long hair. Yeah. I used to wear Lennon glasses, too. I was inspired by the Beatles when I was mm. really young. Um, yeah. About six euro, I think. The cassette tape era. Let it be. Uh, hey Jude, and then Lennon, um, Imagine, Power to the People. Bless his soul. Yeah, all these, uh, in my primary years, I think that's the most important seeds. Uh, that's from my um, family's music um, archive. And then my mother, uh, she's not a musician, but um, her passion in life, uh, her modest, uh, humbled uh, life attitudes, She's not very educated, you know, back in those days, mm. the Japanese came and then the war um, and then my dad died very young. I was very little, about 10, so I'm very close to my mom. I'm, I'm the youngest in the four siblings. So I learned a lot about love, about life and passion from her. And also I drive from that, uh, whenever I got a chance to embrace music, I treasure uh, every little thing, you know. Um, I always say this uh, in my career or in my life or in my class whenever there's a new song or a new piece of work that inspires me or that touches me I, I, I still want to share with people on the radio in the classroom wherever I can yeah, mm. passions are to be shared right mm -hmm. and to inspire change in people and, and music is a massive 
massive inspiration in my life. I mean, my two earliest passions were fashion and music. Yeah. At a very young age, I started paying attention to the hems on the jeans, the size of the pockets, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the quality of the material. I became very aware of that and likewise with music mm. and I know you started very young with your music and you started with perhaps progressive music for a very young age, right? <laughs> True, true. Um, I started with uh, Pink Floyd, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barclay James Harvest, uh, yeah. Genesis, yeah, yeah. Like, thank you. Oh, thanks. Seriously progressive music for mm -hmm. a very young teenager. Normally teenagers start with pop music. Pop, yes, yes. Um, it sounds like you and I have come from a more sophisticated true, beginning in music. True. Those names were in, in my early days too, like Queen, A Night at the Opera, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is like the anthem at the age of 10 and then, wow, it but blows my mind. understand it at the age of 10, yeah. that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> okay, and, and also the video, the earliest days of the video, remember? That Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, and wow, how can a singer or a band perform like the that? The shadows in the black, and yes, then you see them. Yes, exactly. And, but one of these um, uh, turning points is the early 80s though, when I was about 15, 16. Um, Hong Kong has been blessed to have um, a lot of these records or musicians coming. Uh, what I'm talking about is like David Bowie and also um, the British um, invasion, so-called. I like those bands Did like... Did Joy Division come? Um, no, New Order did. And then David Sylvian and his band Japan. I was 15 or 16, I went, wow, I, w I was wearing the Chinese jacket, remember those days? Tin Drum, the album? Yes. He was wearing the Mao Tong suit and uh, all the Chinese uh, bows and chopsticks. Yes. That record and that particular concert was my life-changing. Uh, I, I would call it my live music baptism. I, I, I borrowed my friend's camera and Walkman to do bootleg and, and, and then it? I rushed to the, to the first row of AC Hall and see David Sylvan right there, Bitcoin, all this bass. Wow, wow that, that is mind-blowing. I have one or two. Ooh. I still have the photo I was wearing this suit on the newly opened MTR line. I live very far in Quintong, uh -huh. this newly opened line. I, I live in the suburbia, in the government the house. Line. Yeah, the Quintong line. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that was one of the most important days that a couple of my high school good friends, they, they're also into these um, music, the, the British culture. It was kind of um, called New Wave back then, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, New Wave, New Romantics, and then another guy from Japan, Ryuichi Sakamoto, and his band YMO, is, was also, wow, they play electronic with fashionable costumes and all the graphic design. Back then, I don't have money to buy records. I only can go to my friend's house, they show me the record, and they did my mixtapes. And then, wow, that, that, that is life changing. So you record from LP record to tape? Yes, yes. With the old recorders? Yeah, th those are my friends, um, those are my friend's biggest gift to me. His name is Vicky, Vicky Lam. And he's into fashion and music. And What's he doing these days? Restauranteur? <laughs> yeah, near, uh, in Hong Kong side. Um, yeah, and then these few names, David Sylvian, Ryuichi Sakamoto, David Bowie, were my youngest um, heroes, or even idols, I would say. And I've never imagined later in my DJ career, or DJ life, I would call it, I, I can meet them, chat with them, yeah. um, and even somehow collaborate with 
one or two of them. Like Bowie, I had a Chinese song with him, the Mandarin song in 97. Yeah, tell me about it. Wow, this is mind-blowing. <laughs> um, before the handover of Hong Kong, um, I think it's around January or February, he had the album out, um, Earthling. Uh, there's a song called Seven Years in Tibet. And with the promotion, I, I got invited by the record company. Hey, you got 30 minutes to, or 20 minutes to talk with David Bowie on the phone. Wow. And then I just... Where was he, in England? No, in Hong Kong. He was in Hong Kong. Uh, um, yeah, I just called from the radio station in, in Hong Kong, commercial radio. And then I just prepared tons of questions. And then one obvious question is that... Were you nervous? I was, of course. Even through the phone, I was, wow, I was shivering. And, but that's just one question that I particularly choose. It's because Hong Kong is about to be hand over back and yeah. then... And then since his uh, multi-talented career, he has done a lot of multicultural events um, from jazz to even Indonesian, Japanese. So I, I just kind of have the instinct to ask him, why don't you sing a Chinese song? As simple as that. And then he said, good idea, let's do that. <laughs> and then he got my phone. Back then, we still don't have the handphone or mobile number. I just gave him my office number. And then back and forth a little bit, my, my, my colleagues always said, hey, David Bowie called you. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and then they always live a lumber. And well... Then after, after a week, it's like David called you. <laughs> Not David Bowie anymore, David called you. Yeah. And, and finally, uh, it's for real, that his assistant, uh, Arlene, called me from New York. And he's, he's in serious attitude to do this. And then I, I was kind of uh, doing this volunteer curator, and he actually gave me the credit. I didn't ask for that. Project concept. He put it in the single. Oh, nice. it's, it's a Mandarin song uh, of the seven years in Tibet. And after that, my big window was, wow, shook to the sky that, well, anything goes. If you are yeah. daring enough to, to, to ask, to think, to create. Yeah. And how did the song go? Did he, did he sing it well? I'm not sure if I've heard, heard the song before. It's now on YouTube. Um, he sang it well? He, yeah, he, he had a Taiwanese coach. I, I didn't get a chance to fly there. Yes. But he, he made a song, recorded, and then he, he particularly shot a video in Vienna, I think, to invite all his fans in a real concert situation. And back then, I, I also had a TV show on the cable channel, YMC, and he offered, hey, I give you this video as your global world premiere on the video channel, not on MTV or, or Star TV, those things, because it's, it's your thing. Yes. And then, Oh, wow, <laughs> and, and it's another mind-blowing thing is that after Hong Kong handover, and I think it's in mid-July, I flew to London. He was having a show in the Shepherd's Bush Empire in, in London. And then I, I, I got to meet him at backstage and then did a TV interview and got to meet his wife Iman and a lot of other celebrities like um, Brian Mokko from Placebo and also the punk band Sex Pistols guys and everybody's going to ooh to, to see him wow. and then wow and and, and it's and, just unforgettable and he gave you some time right he, he yes 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 he, yes uh, we, we took one polaroid together and this is the only signed polaroid photo we, we ever had and Do you still have it somewhere in the storage okay, i make right. lots of copy on digital right. I, I don't know where safe. the original i think it's safe, safe. now <laughs> yeah 
That's uh -huh. what happens is we have all of these memorabilia from 20 years ago. And, exactly. And then we just store them and they go moldy and we don't, you know, digitalize them or back them up. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I've lost many wonderful things like that over the years. Mm -hmm. And then someone says, oh, I'd love to see it. Where is it? Mm -hmm. And you start scratching your head. I mm -hmm. don't know exactly where it is, but I could find it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's already in the memory bank yeah. in, 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 I mean, in history, I would call yeah. it. And everybody share about the story. I mean, mostly local guys and, and um, yeah, I treasure that very, very much. Especially about two years ago, he passed away. So suddenly I, I cried the whole yeah. day and mm -hmm. then I reminiscing all those, you know, growing up, meeting him, the project and, and particular treasure yeah. to Hong Kong people because yeah. the, the chorus line means I bless you, I bless you. Wajufuni, uh, wajufuni. So imagine a few months before handover, we are kind of in the kind of the transition yeah, zone, emotional, emotional time, time yeah. exactly. And, uh, and then in SARS, Hong Kong, 2003, yeah. I asked him again, can I use this song again in a compilation? Is to uh, encourage Hong Kong people to get back on feet after the SARS. Yeah. Uh, the project is called We Shall Overcome. Yeah. And then he said, yes, go ahead and use it. And that's the second time we, we collaborate, and, and and it's also in this compilation album. Yes. So the, so Bowie and, and then one of his another close partner, um, David Sylvian. I mean, um, I mean he's close to more to Ryuichi Sakamoto. Yeah. David Sylvian, yeah. another new legend, and he sings and writes. He's uh, he's also a photographer, videographer. Yeah. Um, I I didn't collaborate with him, but I, I met him in person um, a couple of times. Mm. First time in in Japan to, to do a uh, interview. Um, he's very cool, very yeah, subtle, laid back. Uh, laid back. And, and the more crazy time is uh, 2006 or seven. he and his brother Steve Jensen, the drummer, toured in Hong Kong. And I got to meet him um, in person, very up close in person because I'm a good friend of the organizer. And, and then I, I, I received him at the airport and then we have talk and conversation and all that, and it's just so memorable. Mm. And then, um, and you, I mean, you must have met quite a few people, Clock and Flap. And mm -hmm. Remember Rocket Festival? Oh yes, oh yes. That was a precursor to um, Clock, Clock and Flap. Flap. Yes, yes. And actually, without Rocket, there would be no Clock and Flap. Exactly. Justin Justin was comes, yeah. comes out of that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I mean, the challenges they had back then of organizing a music festival in Victoria Park. Mm -hmm. The complaints and the pressure from the police yes, and the government yes. and mm -hmm. neighbors complaining because there's a bit of fun happening in the park and and um, I remember then you, you know the organizers of Rocket Festival they really really tried very hard. Yes, yes. And it was a great festival. We loved it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what Hong Kong lives for a long yeah. time. We yeah. Remember first we met in the nineties or even when late nineties. Do you remember? I remember there was one, you, you were in Lama, you initiated the clean the beach kind of thing. Right. I joined in with some other friends, right. uh, mostly Westerners, I would say. Right. And then we even spent a night uh, by the beach and then something like that. And then clean the beach and you're like the advocate of, right. of, of those days. Uh, right. And then and later on you have your live cafe yes. uh, near Soho. Yes. And I went there a lot. Did you ever come to the Bookworm Cafe on Lama? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that's your yeah. first uh, that's the that first right? Uh huh. Yeah, bless it. It's still there 20 years later. I'm not involved, of course, uh -huh. but uh -huh. it, the legacy continues. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. It's, it's amazing. That had a big impact on, on 
the whole movement. Actually. Right, right, right. Did you ever make it to our Earth Power Festival in December 1996? Maybe I have missed that. Yeah. So that was the precursor to Rocket Festival. Ah. We had not no one international, but we had uh, 14 bands. Mm. We built our own stage on Power Station mm. Beach. Mm -hmm. We literally built it from the uh -huh. and bamboo. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, there was a teepee yeah, where yeah. we had African drumming. Mm. And the stage was this side. We had about mm. 5,000 people come. Yeah, in Lama, right? In December 1996, yeah. on Lama. Mm -hmm. And the purpose was to raise uh, money for Able Charity. Mm. And uh, yeah, it, it took um, six weeks of my life to organize that festival. <laughs> Yeah, People festival. Don't know how much effort because you've got to get permission from the government. Yeah, yeah. The police department, St. John's Ambulance, the FEHD, you've got to have a license. Yeah. Not to mention back mm. then, pre internet, the publicity mm. you have to do. Yeah, get. it's tough, tough. How could you get the word out? Mm. Now you just put something on social media, bam. Mm. Back then you physically had to get it out. Mm. No mobile phones, 1996. Yes, yes, yes. Everything on telephone. Yes, yes. Um, meetings after meetings, mm. and then physically. You, yeah, you have to give your life to it. <laughs> I always have big respect for organizers. Absolutely. So, tons respect, of logistics. Right? Yeah, respect. We even talk about bringing WOMAT to Hong Kong. Man. And then this is still our dream. Yes. Yeah, because I remember I was in WOMAT. Um, I'm in the WeWell studio doing a song yes. after the SARS. Yes. Oh, yeah, Peter Gabriel was also one of my heroes, and I basically met, met him. and and do a project with him. He's a in legend. This, yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> and then Womet is just right by the River Studios. Yes. And I talk with the Womet guys and, hey, we, sh we should bring you to Hong Kong. Well, we, have, we still haven't been Give realized. Yeah. And we still have that dream and the seat is here. I mean, your festival is already a, an experiment in the mm -hmm. Womet direction, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think we can still do it one day. <laughs> Location-wise, what, what would be a good location since West Kowloon will be opened up very soon, next yes. year in April, I, I believe. And there has been some cock and flap, and there has been some other festivals doing yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a, the, one of the best sites for that, yeah, for festivals. I would recommend that. Mm. And would uh, Peter Gabriel be up for it, you think? I think we should, yeah, pursue for that. So Peter, if you're listening, well, yeah, yeah. Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, remember the Popo song? <laughs> the crazy Hong Kong trip of 40 plus people flying there Woo. to have lunch with you and to dance with your kitchen ladies and all that. <laughs> it's still on video. Popo. I'd, I'd love to see that video. Yes, yes, yes. Is it out on YouTube? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Popo song. Um, Popo because song. after SARS, um, everybody was still afraid of touching people, yeah. holding the doorknob, and people are just distant from each other. Remember Scared. the sea of masks. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and this is another project I was inspired by all my heroes. And for this particular one, I think Ryuichi Sakamoto really, really inspired me. Mm. Uh, first, because of his passion in life and music. And then um, in the year 2001, I think, he has a project called Zero Landmine. And he, he brings his laptop to wherever where landmines are serious. Um, like um, in Africa, South Europe, Cambodia, Cambodia and then he collect all these sports and to invite musicians to do a live cast where he was stationed in Japan with all these big bands and musicians, classical, pop, rock, alternative, even craft work contribute to the sound icon. Live around live minds. Yes, yes, and then do a webcast and that's wow, 
Professor, you are the man wow. that take the lead always. This was 2001. Yes, yeah. and after that, I, I wrote him an email because uh, I, I had his contact before. Uh, from '98, we had a, a big dinner in Hong Kong after a collaboration, and then, well, please keep in touch. And then I, I wrote him after two, three years, and then he sent me the tape, and then I can use it for my teaching purposes, not on uh, other purposes. Yes. And since then. We've been keeping in touch until these past few years. He got diagnosis of cancer, oh. and then I, I I I pray for him and I ask my radio fans to pray for him, and then how uh, old is he now? He's 66 now, but he, he got back and then he recovered. Recovered uh, from his feet, and he's been so busy in these past two to three years, and he even invited me to be part of his uh, new album, his comeback album, I think, to uh, include some. Hong Kong voices, not mine, but ladies' voices, right. to put in his song, um, his piece called Full Moon, uh, adapted from uh, Paul Bao's novel, which has been uh, shot by movie director Bertolucci into Sheltering Sky. It's about, we don't know when we will die, that's why we have to embrace life, enjoy every full moon, and that's a poem that has the voices of Paul Bao's, Bertolucci, and a lot of other his friends in, around wow. the world, and also blessed to have been included yeah of, of this of this wow. exactly wow. so that's why these three heroes are so important to me and now I'm like evolving around these music is not around right because yes. you've done something with exactly here's uh, to David exactly yeah David Bowie yeah David Bowie but then he has another David David Sylvian he was invited to do one track in this album it's called Life Life he also recited a poem by the Russian poet uh, Azeni Tarkovsky which was the father of the film director Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, which is Sakamoto's most most favorite film director. Right, right. And um, that's why um, when you ask me about music passion, I think it all get back to where we grew up with. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. we, I was having this discussion the other day, is, yeah, actually yesterday, with um, Nick, who's a big vinyl collector and movement. Ah. You know Nick, right? Yeah. And I was saying. We are so influenced by the music we heard at a young age or at a seminal age. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily about how good this musician is, mm. because there are a lot of good musicians and we don't know them all. It's what were we exposed to, what mm -hmm. were we listening to, what was on the radio that inspired mm -hmm. us. Um, so our knowledge is limited, it's kind of... Um, biased a little bit to mm. the artists that we know because we don't know all the artists and you know some people say oh this band's the greatest and this artist's the greatest and I always say well do you know these other artists if you don't know them how can you compare you know um, so music is a very personal thing mm. is what I'm trying to say and I I grew up in uh, in Beirut yeah yeah Israel. I was exposed to some of the best radio in the world mm because there was no commercialization behind the radio. Mm. The DJs played what they wanted. Mm. Unlike the radio in England, which when I went to England at mm. the age of 19, I was, I was sad, I was desperate. It's like living in an oasis and suddenly being put in a desert. <laughs> and you'd never say that about England. English radio was commercial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They would only play commercial songs. Mm. And I'm like, why aren't we hearing any progressive rock? Why aren't we mm. hearing any reggae? Why aren't we hearing any world music? Yep. All they were playing was Top of the Pops. And, <laughs> and I'm saying, this is dumbing down English mm. music. And I'm 
I'm not even fully English. I'm coming from Beirut, and mm -hmm. I know more about English artists <laughs> than my friends. Than the locals. <laughs> You've never heard of this. You've never heard mm. of that. They're like, no, mm -hmm. we don't hear them on the radio. Mm. Why? Because radio was commercial. Mm. Well, in Beirut, it was free. Mm -hmm. So I got exposed to the classic rock, the progressive rock, mm. classical music, opera music, world music, yeah, reggae it's a, music, it's a diverse world, yeah. um, new wave, um, mm. new romantics, just diversity. And then I could mm -hmm. choose mm -hmm. what made my heart sing. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very passionate about music, just like you. And mm. um, you know, tell me about mm. the essence of the feminine and how that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, impacts your work and how this Hong Kong really is a masculine city. True, right? true, true. There, you know, uh, yeah, driven, uh, yeah. competitive, yeah, yeah, uh, academic, mm -hmm. logical, mm -hmm. uh, financial. Everything mm. has to make sense. Mm. And even the women in Hong Kong are, are, are very masculine because they feel that's the only way they have to compete. Mm. But there is a big movement now as part of this yeah. awakening of bringing exactly. back the essence exactly. of the feminine. Exactly. And I had Adele Leung here and um, I've had some beautiful women who are mm. championing this um, about bringing back the feminine to the women mm. Mm. and be more of a woman and empower yourself with your femininity and don't try and be like the men and they're lopsided yeah and balanced a lot yeah. of men now mm -hmm. are becoming more feminine mm -hmm. um, to balance this out and, and god knows who Kong needs it mm -hmm. and i've always seen your work <laughs> quite feminine yeah whether it's music or mm -hmm. you know um, the cultural creative that you are and what you do through hong kong you and, and um have you struggled with that at all over it's years? just come over very naturally yeah. as i yeah. said um I, I didn't plan to more this or more that. It's just natural evolution. And, and now I've been living with my wife and my daughter for these long years. And I, I've been surrounded with by, by these um, lovely women. Yes. And, and then in my office, mostly women. Yes, and Yvonne <laughs> is beautifully feminine. Yeah, right? thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, and then my wife and my daughter, they, they just give me these energies. And then it's, I, I, I'm sure you believe in this energy in the flow, right? Oh, and, um, and I didn't, plan to be like all these or I don't wear a tie to work and no. maybe wearing a tie doesn't mean there's masculine but but mostly it is <laughs> and then uh, well, I'll tell you why it is masculine I wonder if you've thought about it mm. a tie what does a tie do uh, uh, it separates <laughs> your head from your heart <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> it cuts your head from your heart so a tie is very very masculine that's why I, I rather use it this you know exactly this, this is my favorite thing that's loose and Many people ask me about that. Got peace signs. Yeah, and, and this is my favorite because this particular piece, this particular piece, and yeah. also this kind of scarf instead of my ties. Yeah. I don't wear a tie normally. No. This one is really for protection of my throat. Yeah. I think throat is where you feel sick easily. Yeah. The, the yeah. bad the air, sport, yeah. the bad energies, yeah. the weak sport, and I have to use my voice yes. day in day out. And and second, this is kind of my signature so to speak yes. and I love to collect different kind of nice scarves yes. and yes. I'm sure you yes. realize that absolutely and, and I don't know if you've thought about this but the opposite of a tie this flows this flows between mm. your head and your mm -hmm. heart mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't choke you. <laughs> it flows around yeah you. It's yeah it's like a bridge mm -hmm. um, yeah beautiful I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're wearing your favorite yeah. piece yeah uh, fashion today. guy <laughs> of course <laughs> 
Wow. So Chicho, yeah, we, thank you. We can talk thank forever, but yeah, uh, on that yeah. positive note, yeah. of, uh, I would like to uh, thank you for coming to have breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. And I must send everyone at your show aloha. Uh, even though I'm not born and raised in Hawaii, but since I, since my wife and also her family came from there, I, I've been taking that as my second home. Mm. Also, get a lot of aloha spirits to share with Hong Kong friends and families and public. Um, we're trying to do all kinds of Hawaiian culture events, especially like music, ukulele, mm. as much as we can. Mm. So, aloha. 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 <laughs> and this is a modern aloha that is cool and not just. Um, Oh yeah, not, <laughs> not just a Hawaiian shirt. Not just shirt, it's more than that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a global mm. spirit. Exactly, it? yeah. exactly. Thanks, Bobsy. Pleasure.